Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. Notice how I didn't say new. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Sorry, new listeners. We don't care about you anymore. We don't give a fuck. Okay, so this is Sarah, and I'm here with Shelby. Hello, this is Shelby. And I'm here with Jennifer. Hello, this is Jennifer. And Hello, we're Jennifer. Hello, Shelby. Really excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, Shelby has a very great question for us, I, I think. Actually, I, I have an okay question, and I have a, a disturbing story. Jesus, perfect. Tits. If we've got time for both, we'll see how it works out. Meh, we'll see how it goes. So my question, and uh, it's, it's a pretty vague question, so feel free to react however you'd like, but mm-hmm. I want to know about a time that you were especially sneaky or were able to get away with things i don't i can't think of a time that i've been particularly sneaky like i don't know that i'm a sneak a purposefully sneaky person that is bullshit (laughs) and you know it You get information out of people so easily because they think you're just being friendly and nice. And like, oh, how are you? How's life? And then they spill everything. And you're like, resting nice face. Jennifer, (laughs) guess what this person said? It's amazing. (laughs) And I'm like, how are you getting this stuff out of people? There's a level of subterfuge the way that you speak to people. Yes. That, that I don't have. Oh, How? for sure not. I don't at all. No. No. Subterfuge? Yeah, that sounds purposeful. Mm, is it not? I'm not that sneaky, you guys. I, I feel like you want information and you get it. You do. That's accurate. Which is purposeful. Like, people you don't even like you go up to and you're nice to them, but you, like, know I'm not friends with you, but I want information from you. Because I want all the gossip. Whereas I have to tie them to a chair and beat them senseless. You can just just be bubbly to somebody, and they're just like, oh, best friends. Best friends. Sarah really seems to like me today. No. Diana Fire, I just want your information. (laughs) Essentially, yeah. We we also just ruined your game, because everybody that hears this will be like, oh, that's what she keeps doing. I mean, the thing about it is that you have to get so good at it, and you you have to, like, know if you're being, like, real with somebody, or if you're just trying to get information out of them. Here's the thing. If I'm an asshole to you, I probably like you. It's true. Like, I literally rolled up to a friend of ours today in the parking lot, and I rolled down my window. I was like, hey, hey. And he walked over, and he's like, what's up? And I was like, I just wanted to let you know that you look like an idiot in those sunglasses. That's amazing. He was, like, so excited. Aw, poor <laughs> Maddie. Like, you look like an idiot in those sunglasses. <laughs> but, yet but yet he I've did. watched you extort a lot of information out of the same individual. That's true. And then he walked off, and he's like, love you too, babe. And I was like, oh, don't fucking call me babe, but you're precious, so it's fine. <laughs> you're precious. <laughs> Jennifer, do you have anything for us? I don't really necessarily think I'm sneaky, but I feel like, at least with my parents, I'm, I can get away with certain things just because I'm, like, the baby and <laughs> See, they, I'm the they spoil me. I'm the baby. But, I mean, they spoil me, and I kind of, like, take advantage of it a little bit in a way. Definitely more so than, I mean, my brother doesn't ask for anything and all that stuff, which I kind of feel bad about, but meh. Can you cite a specific example or anything, or is this just a just a lifestyle trend for you? No, or? it's kind of just a lifestyle, to be honest. It's It kind of sounds shitty, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like I got a lot more things being the youngest. Like, I got, whenever we first got cell phones, like, me and my brother got it on this same day when he had to wait two years you know, longer than I did True. and things like that. It all happened at the same time when he was two years older. He had to wait two years more or I don't know. They just what were you mean? Me. Were you meaning? I guess I, I mean, not always. I wasn't always meaning to get certain things out of it. It just kind of happened. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you were meaningfully yeah. extorting it, then it'd be a little different. Yeah. But, no, regardless. That's fine, I guess. But I'm You're... not very sneaky. Well, I come from a long line of sneaky people, mm. and, and I'm going to tell a story about my grandfather, who I am still impressed with this day for this story, because it made the paper. Ooh. Granted, it made the paper in Lamar, Missouri, but, 
And but in, the paper regardless. Right. So in and around like 1940, probably, because he was actually up here in Springfield in, in uh, dental school at the time. Mm-hmm. But he had gone back home probably for the summer, I think. And he had been in classes learning how to make dentures. So he decided he was basically going to make the first set of Billy Bob teeth ever. Just <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> and then he gathered up some ratty clothes and everything and decided to go around town as just the town homeless person for a couple of days with these ridiculous teeth and, and the, the ratty clothes and try to, try to keep people from knowing who he actually was. And my family is ridiculously well known in that town. Yeah. So to be able to pull that off was a feat in and of itself. But then he decided he'd one of himself and do this to his mom. Oh fuck. And he ended up, <laughs> he ended up getting like, he went to the door and knocked on the door and this is the forties. So when a homeless person knocked on your door, it wasn't as, jarring as it is today where mm-hmm. it's just like i don't know what you want but please fuck off <laughs> at that point he asked he asked for like a cup of coffee and a sandwich and she was like sure come on in whatever because it's the fucking 40s which sound magnificent for whatever reason yeah at least for homeless people yeah <laughs> but anyway he like came in and he he sat there and had a conversation with her the whole time he was eating and everything and then he left and ended up telling her about this and then word got around <laughs> that it was him the whole time and ended up making the fucking paper i still have the clipping at my mom's house oh jesus so, so i come from a long line of sneaky pieces of shit apparently so had she not seen him in a long time i mean he'd been home he he made the dentures in the house like while he was home for summer or whatever that's crazy that is crazy that's right. insane and he had like dirt rubbed on his face and shit but i don't know but even <laughs> then you Maybe my great grandma is really imperceptive. No, I'm not maybe really she certain. She just needed but... good spectacles. Mm. She couldn't see. Could be. I mean, her husband was a dentist and not an optometrist, so it's really hard telling. There you go. But you would think you would at least like hear them and know that that's the right person and like well, sort he, of facial features. He's also talking through these really fucked up teeth. So there's a really good <laughs> chance that his voice that's doesn't. True. I mean, even if he's not disguising his voice, it's still going to come out kind of lispy and weird. I assume. Yeah, that's true. There was no recording in the paper, so I don't know what the hell he sounded like. <laughs> it's a muggle but, paper, Jennifer. It doesn't right. move or sound like things. Or sound like that. <laughs> it took me a minute to realize what you meant by that, because I'm not quite the, the Potterhead that you are, apparently. But, but anyway, I'm sorry for my departure from uh, from ridiculous stories about booze and sex. <laughs> Regardless, my, my story today is uh, about a gentleman who got away with, uh, with some really nasty shit for entirely too long by being a very capable, sneaky person. Hmm. By by changing things about himself to avoid being caught. Yeah. Kind of a master disguise situation. Yikes. And this story, I will warn you ahead of time, is uh, rapey. Oh, Jesus. You did Mary Vincent. I get to do this. Listen, we had another woman in the room for Mary Vincent. We've got another one in the room now. I mean, there were three but there of were us. Three of us. Do I need to call somebody? Maybe. No, it's fine. Keep going. Rachel, okay. get over here. What, what? Rachel! <laughs> Rachel! She'll be trying to tell us rape stories. <laughs> so this is a story about uh, a gentleman who came to be known as the Beast of Jersey. Uh-huh. So this is not New Jersey, obviously, which would be a much more fitting place for this to have taken place. But this is uh, Jersey, which is the largest of the Channel Islands that are between England and France. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing another one of my weird European stories, so I just want to mispronounce everything and get pissed yes. off. Also, we're talking, are, are we talking about an island? Because we don't do islands very well. That's true. <laughs> that, that we don't one, know anything about We don't know islands. anything about oceans time. or islands. We don't need to know as much about islands in this situation, because they never get anywhere, anywhere close to the coast. You might as well be in, like, Kansas. Okay. Good. Which, again, Good. fitting place for this kind of weird shit to happen. Yeah. So the total population of this is only a little over 100,000 people, and the total area of it is 46.14 square miles. So pretty small area to hide out for a long time. Mm-hmm. So trying to imagine someone having a 10-year crime spree in that area with the exact same MO is almost impressive. Yeah. And and to do it with all these super violent crimes is, I'm not going to say impressive, but terrifying that this could happen that for could, so long yeah yeah so it it began in 1957 uh 29 year old nurse was waiting for a bus in the montalab montalab sure, sure we'll go with that area was attacked by a man wearing uh, some sort of a covering over his face 
and he had an Irish accent, which is a little strange given that they're on an English-occupied island. Yeah, but they all hate the Irish, right? Yeah, hit and miss. Yeah. But I don't know what the, how they felt about him in 1957, but it hasn't gotten better, I don't think, necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, again, here's where it gets kind of uh, rapey. Uh, she got drugged into a field and was sexually assaulted and was severely injured, had a lot of stitches because of it. And then in the following year, basically the exact same thing happened to a 20-year-old woman that was walking home from a bus stop in the parish of Trinity, which is another area of of the island of Jersey. And in this situation, she had a rope put around her neck when she was drug. So to... did the first woman die? No. Actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. No one died. Okay. He is. He was not mm-hmm. a. This person was not a serial murderer. He was just a serial rapist slash sexual assaulter. Not to be a negative Nancy, but do we feel like that if he'd actually murdered somebody, he probably would have. The police would have tried harder to catch him. I I can't say that that would be the case because especially by the time you get into the higher numbers of the shit that he accomplished, mm-hmm. this is a small area. I mean, this is a community. Yeah. On on one island, basically. I don't think that the police could have gotten away with just saying, we'll get him when he kills someone. Yeah. You know? Okay. Just thought I'd ask the question. I'm not going to lie, though. It makes it actually a little bit more impressive that he raped so many people and wasn't caught. Because, impressive? Like, no, just in the fact that if it was a murder, like, it would be so much easier, I think, to get away with it because you don't have that person you don't have the left behind. Yeah. But you have so many people that see you. Right. That's true. That's it. That's crazy that he was able to get away. So then, fast forward a little bit farther. 31-year-old woman who was walking home from a bus stop, apparently don't take buses on Jersey. Bad choice. Yeah. Heard ya. And... Again, the the rope around the neck, dragging them into a field, raping them, and letting them go has become his way of doing things. Yeah. Like, at that point, that pattern's been established. It's two in a row now. Mm-hmm. The first one, I don't think she had the... He didn't do the rope thing the first time, so that's why that wasn't included on that list, I guess. And I'm going to kind of try to fast forward through a lot of this because I have no interest in really Saying, talking about his crimes. He put a rope around her neck and raped her. Put right. a rope around her neck and raped her. Right. I mean, I can just copy-paste for a little while here, I guess. So then there was a young girl uh, walking home from the parish of uh, Grauville in August of 1959, a 28-year-old woman at the parish of St. Martin's in October of 1959, and that one was actually able to fight him off quickly, mm-hmm. and he ended up actually fleeing from that one instead of pretty much just leaving, leaving them there and wandering off. Yeah. Mm. So after that, detectives started noticing the the recurring theme on this, and obviously decided that yeah, this is the same guy. There's there's no two ways about it. This has to be the same person. And they ended up kind of pooling all the the accounts from the victims, and they agreed that the the man was aged in his early to mid forties. Was about five six. He's a little guy. He was a little fella, and he had an Irish accent. A lot of them described him as wearing a rope or a cord around his waist and that he would restrain them by tying their hands together. And all of them described him as smelling as, as smelling musty, hmm. which was mostly due to... He, he usually wore a coat, and it was usually the same, like, raincoat thing. Yeah. That just stank, apparently. Mm. Kind of like... But, I mean, like, Golden State Killer, remember all of those people said that he just had, like, this nasty body odor. Right. So they, they kind of put that together with all the, the the regular MO for the assault and everything else and decided, yeah, this is this is our guy, and they kind of nicknamed him the Beast of Jersey at that point. I'm mm-hmm. sure the papers were the ones that really did that. Oh, uh, coined the phrase. Because they needed a name or whatever. Yeah. So after that, he got a little more adventurous. Oh, dear. Yeah. So 1960, he started attacking people indoors. And he also changed who he was attacking. Because up to this point, most of them were women in their 20s to early 30s. Yeah, I was like, by changing people, do you mean he started banging dudes? Well. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, at that point, the attacks also got a lot more frequent and a little more intense. Oh, fuck. Oh, jeez. Because he's found his stride, I guess. I really don't know. But. Yeah. So, Valentine's Day 1960, a 12-year-old boy was asleep at home. 
in Grand Voss, which is another area of Jersey. There's a bunch of these. I don't know how many little towns there are in this area. Mm-hmm. And he was awoken by a man who had climbed through his bedroom window, had a rope placed around his neck, and then was drug outside and assaulted. Jesus tits. So similar, but not, again, totally different victim, which is strange mm-hmm. to me because serial killers don't usually do that. Yeah. They I mean, and honestly. switch midstream like that. Well, for it to go from an adult woman to a child of a completely a, a male different child. gender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then the following month, a 25-year-old woman was walking to a bus stop and was offered a, offered a lift uh, by a man claiming to be a doctor on his way to pick up his wife. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, he, he couldn't really have his face all that covered in this situation, you wouldn't I mean, think. if a dude rolled up and had a hood over his face, <laughs> you'd be like, fuck you. Right. No, I'm not getting in your and, car. <laughs> and you're going to see some pictures of this guy because or what he usually wore and realize that, yeah, no fucking way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you get into this car. I don't care how late you are for the bus. This isn't going to happen. Yeah. So she accepted and then during the journey she noticed him wearing a cap and a duffel coat and gloves but she couldn't really make out his features because of the darkness yeah so we're still running into this problem Mm. so he drove the car into the field overpowered her same shit yeah I, i don't even want to say it anymore and then he ended up so he put her back into the car and was driving her away from there Mm hmm. like like a gentleman i guess yeah and she managed to escape from the vehicle and scream for help, and he ended up getting away. I mean, that's what's shitty, is they're like, okay, well, don't stand at the bus stop by yourself. Don't do this by yourself. Don't do that. Oh, well, I'm trying to get to where I need to be safely. This supposed dude, you know, gentleman comes up, right. and he's, he's this horrible person. Men suck, man. Well, yeah, to, to even, real. like, put her back in the car after this yeah. and, like, drive her elsewhere is, is insane to me. Especially at that point that she didn't find a way to fucking see who he this guy was. Because it's not like, it didn't sound like he was really wearing anything except for maybe the, the duffel, which I think is like a scarf thing. Yeah, like a muffler kind of. Right, but if he's mm-hmm. if he's looking like a bandito in the car, I'm not getting in the car with him. I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. And again, didn't have a description of the vehicle or anything. What the so, fuck? Yeah. Especially after all the different attacks, I can't believe there wasn't more of a... You know, hey, keep an eye out. If this were to happen to you, maybe write some shit down. I mean, we're not victim blaming whatsoever, but like, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the people that you're getting into cars with. Also, don't get in the cars with strangers. Yeah. Be responsible. Like, and you. I, I can do without the lecture, Sarah. I'm sorry. This is just frustrating. I'm to a me. grown man, and I will do what I want. Obviously, grown men do whatever they want because uh, if they didn't, we spend wouldn't that. have these problems. I'm hey, curious thanks. if the police were asking all these detailed questions of, "Can you identify anything at all to help?" They, like, I'm curious I mean, if they were doing they'd as been much as they the, should. They'd been if, putting the profile together for him. Yeah. I mean, it's the '60s, so I mean, there's still police work going on. Yeah. Like, right? They were too trusting in the '60s, I guess. Flower so children, so. and everybody's high as fuck. <laughs> so then in March of 1960, uh, a 43-year-old mother and a 14-year-old daughter uh, were, oh, in, fuck. were in an isolated college in St. Martin Parish, and the mother was awoken about 12.30 a.m. by the telephone ringing downstairs, and she went to answer it, and then just heard nothing, and then a click. Mm-hmm. So she went back to bed and was awakened about an hour later. And she heard a sound downstairs, so she went downstairs to investigate, and as she reached the bottom of the staircase, the lights abruptly went out, and she heard someone in the living room moving around. So, in the dark, she went for the telephone to call the police, and the phone lines had already been pulled out. Yeah. So, not really an option. So, she was then confronted by a figure of a man who grabbed her and demanded money, which, again, is a weird thing, because he hasn't done that before. Yeah. That we're aware of in any of these other situations. So, he threatened to kill her, but then he left immediately whenever he heard the daughter coming down the stairs to figure out what was going on. So at this point, the woman took her chance to run out and raise the alarm at a nearby farmhouse where she mm-hmm. called the police. And she Did returned... she take her daughter with her? No. What the fuck? Yeah, you see the problem now. So she came back to the cottage, and her daughter was still alive, but same same thing. Ugh. Same fucking thing Take again. your kids with you! Right, I don't understand why that was a good idea either. Well, and as that's, far as leaving her daughter in the house while she went somewhere else to call again, the police. Again, like a big jump. I mean, you're going from like a 25-year-old to a 14-year-old girl. And a 12-year-old boy was in the mix there, too. Well, yeah. So. Maybe he had an older sister. He was just confused. Right. So, 
then in April, there was another 14-year-old girl. Uh, she woke up to find a man in her bedroom wearing a strange-looking mask. So this is the first mention of the mask instead of just a face covering. Mm-hmm. And he ended up taking off whenever she screamed, so she was kind of saved from that one. And then in July of that year, an eight-year-old boy was abducted from his home wearing a raincoat, which is the first mention of a specific coat that coat. smelled musty, I guess. Mm. Who, again assaulted him then just walked him back home what this guy what is the fuck yeah he literally just like walked him home and left him on his doorstep after raping him it says sexually assaulted i don't know exactly what went on yeah luckily they left out a lot of the graphic details and all the research that i was looking at and i do appreciate that because i probably couldn't tell the story if i knew exactly what happened to each of these each of these people yeah. i know it's not great it's about all i've got so at that point the attacks actually stopped for the rest of that year and then in February 1961, there was another attack. 12-year-old boy. Was that in April? You said uh, that was in a- I think that was in April. Okay, so he one. went almost a full year. Yeah. Which means he probably left the area? It's an island. Maybe he... Where did he go? Went to jail? I don't fucking know. He didn't go to jail, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. Not not even on like unrelated charges. He he barely had a criminal record when they found him. It what sounds like he so, wants to get caught, though. Like... Yeah. It, you know that, what I mean? He actually or, gets way closer to it, too. Or but. he thinks he's just so fucking good and so fucking smart, Maybe. white male privilege, that he can do whatever he wants and there's not going to be any repercussions. Right. Maybe. I'm getting real riled up in this joint. Then it goes 12-year-old boy, 11-year-old boy, 11-year-old girl. That the, the last one of those was in April. So at this point, he'd been at large for over three years. And they were not any closer to finding who this was. Yeah. So, at that point, they they were feeling a lot of pressure from the press and from the public, obviously, and they actually summoned help from Scotland Yard at that point. About time. Although, Scotland Yard's kind of useless, as we heard prior to this. Hit hit and miss, but it was actually a a pretty prominent member of Scotland Yard's murder squad, which was Detective Superintendent Jack Mannings, which I've actually heard his name a couple Mm -hmm. of times. And the first thing that he did was basically tell everybody that lived on this island to turn detective. So, start... If you see something, say, say something. something. Right. And maybe keep an eye on everybody. Why also, the fuck not? Also, wear chastity belts. <laughs> they never brought it up, but that might not have been the worst idea. Yeah. Just lock it or down. Like, like those weird... Lock it down. Those weird razor inserts that they used yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Oh, yes. I support it. So, they they kind of kept trying to make what what they call a verbal identikit for the beast, which mm-hmm. is just a way to describe him to people so that they know who they're looking for, I guess, or, or his tendencies, I guess. So that sounded something like this. He always struck at night, and up to that point had only struck on moonlit weekends between the hours of 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. He appeared to have an intimate knowledge of the island, particularly the eastern areas. He was 40 to 45 years old, five foot six, with a mustache and of medium build. So we got to be getting closer. Now he yeah. has a mustache. That's a good mm-hmm. fucking start. Not that you can take those off or anything. Yeah. But and that you could grow one between. It, exactly. Between yeah. rapings. Yes. Yep. And he usually wore a low thigh length jacket or raincoat, which gave off a musty smell, a peaked cap and gloves. And his face was always covered either with a face mask or a scarf covering the lower part of it. Hmm. Uh, he carried a torch with him during the attacks, which flashlight. Yeah. I've seen the Chronicles of Narnia. I, I'm glad. <laughs> Sorry, English people. Don't mind them. <laughs> and he had the he had the same methods. So victims were selected carefully. Usual method of entry was a bedroom window. He was fast and silent and usually blindfolded and tied up the victim's hands. And then a rope was placed around their necks. Mm-hmm. We, we've heard all this before, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he would his voice was described as soft with an Irish accent. And he'd mentioned at various times a wife and a dead mother who died of alcoholism. And that he had killed before, and often made a point of saying that he'd drop either his cigarettes or his lighter to kind of lure them in some cases. What? Well, I think he used it to lure them, and he'd also, I guess, weird pillow talk. I don't know. Oh, okay. But That's anyway, really the, weird. a lot of this comes into effect here in a little bit, because okay. it's it, that all, all of that information is important okay. later on Sorry. in the story. And again, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a big place. So you would think someone would have at least suspected someone that matched part of that description. Mm-hmm. And literally every possible man that they could were looked at. All men with the criminal record were questioned and interviewed and nothing. The fuck? Right. So 
the only thing that this intervention really helped whenever Scotland Yard showed up was that there were no more attacks for two years. So he mm-hmm. kind of went underground at that point because he knew there was a really good description of him out there. Yeah. And so in April of 1963, he came back. So we're back to April. That seems to be where shit either starts or ends with him for some reason. Yeah. This time it was a nine-year-old boy. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then uh, November of 1963, an 11-year-old boy. And then he went back to ground again and was back in 1964 and attacked a 10-year-old girl in July. So this guy has literally no pattern. So... It feels like, and again, this is just like an armchair opinion here, but like he felt like attacking a woman was more normative. So he went for that first. And then as like a small man, like a five, six man, it was probably a lot tougher to get a woman than it was a child. So it was easier to attack a kid? I... Maybe, but then this last one before the big dumb thing he did mm, was a 16-year-old boy in mm. August of 1964. Oh. Well. So there goes the power differential. Yeah, that's because true. Because a, a normal-sized 16-year-old boy should have been, been able to kick the shit out of this guy. Maybe he was like a very slight, young-looking 16-year-old boy. Maybe. I, I don't know his preferences. Maybe it was the type of boy that I would find attractive. Dainty. <laughs> Small. I don't think we need to be talking about... Finding boys attractive in this situation. Yeah, this is sorry. Not, not the sorry. right place for that, I feel like. Yeah, don't. I'm just I'm giving an example. Continue, Shelby. That's sorry. True. So, again, after the 16-year-old, there were no more attacks for two more years. Okay. So, this guy, I mean, big... Big, big chunk of time. Yeah, big holes in there. And, again, the hunt kind of just died down because they had nothing else to go off of. Mm-hmm. So, what were they still looking for? So, in 1966, and there hadn't been any attacks up to this point... Uh, they got a letter from an author claiming to be the Beast of Jersey. And it is horribly misspelled, but I'm going to read it to you the best I can. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the, these might just be the way that like Irish people would spell things. I'm not mm, really clear on that. I think that it, they say spell them similarly. It's just a lilt. It's just different. Well, it's, it, the spelling is, is really strange in this. I will say that. But it says, My dear sir... I think that it is just the time to tell you that you are just wasting your time, as every time I have done what I always intended to do, and remember, it will not stop at this, but I will be fair to you and give you a chance. Run on sentence. <laughs> uh, I have never had much out of this life, but I intend to get everything I can now. I have always wanted to do the perfect crime. I have done this, but this time let the moon shine very bright in September, because this time it must be perfect. Not one, but two. Because a lot of his attacks have happened one per month. Yeah. Mm. He said, I am not a maniac by a long shot, but I like to play with you people. You will hear from me before September, and I will give you all the clues just to see if you can catch me. Yours very sincerely, and then he signs it, wait and see. Hmm. Which gave me shells the first time I read it, personally. Uh, the, yeah. The, the, to call himself wait and see, I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't like that. Because so far what I've seen, not great. Mm-mm. So they, they had to kind of question, you know, it had been long enough. It's like, who... Who really wrote this? Yeah. Was this whoever this person was? Because there was, after this happened uh, in 1966, yeah, sorry, August of 1966, after this letter was sent, uh, a 15-year-old girl was raped in Trinity Parish. So that was kind of what the letter had promised was going to happen. And it was same method again, but there was a new detail in the attack. There were these long scratches that were regularly spaced and parallel on the victim's torso. Mm. So after that, it was just this one attack. He didn't actually get his two, I don't think. Uh, so following this attack, there was a, the longest lull in the entire Beast of Jersey series. Yeah. So this was 1966. So August of 1970, literally four years apart, a 13-year-old boy was attacked in his house with a flashlight shining in his face. And he did the same thing he always does. And then whenever the boy was returned home, he didn't say anything about this until the following morning because he had been threatened by the Beast of Jersey mm-hmm. to keep quiet because if you don't, someone will harm your mother and father. Oh, fuck. So he, he offered the same description, so everybody knew, same guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there was one difference to the description where this time he had black spiky hair and a terrifying mask on. 
and the boy had the scratches that were found on the other on the girl from before on his face and on his body oh oh i think i remember i'm this is like okay continue i was like wait why is this all sounding so familiar and i was like oh because you like weird shit and you know what's going on never mind <laughs> continue sorry shelby that's fine i figured i figured you'd heard the story before honestly the scratches but... are what yep yep so at this point they kind of went back to maybe we need to look for this guy again Oh, you think? Yeah. Scotland Yard? It'd been four years. In their defense, that's a pretty cold case at that point. Yeah, but... But whenever it happens again, let's let's jump back to it. So... I mean, it's like, at this point, a generation of kids are being terrorized by this guy. I can't disagree with that. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck. Again, it went on for ten, ten years in total, so... Mm-hmm. So, at this point, the majority of the island was personally interviewed. So, this is like 30,000 people in all that they spoke with about yeah. this. Yeah. Shit. And he still wasn't caught. But they're getting closer. And here's how that went down. So July 10th, 1971, Jersey police officers John Riseborough and Tom McKinn were on just normal patrol duties. And at 1145, they'd pull up some traffic lights and a small Morris 1100 saloon car, which is a really small British car, Mm -hmm. shot past them at high speed. Care to... Take a wager at who's inside. Is it a guy in a creepy hood? It's our fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. So he was driving through red lights, driving really erratically. So they they pursued him and ended up, well, he, he sideswiped a bunch of vehicles, drove on the wrong side of the road. What the fuck? Yeah, no, he's, he's driving like an idiot. And he even drove down like footpaths and shit trying to get away from the police. Yeah, that worked well for him, I'm sure. Well. Did he get away from the police? Not this time. Okay, good. So I was he, like, God damn it, Shelby. So he ends up crashing through a hedge and then tries to run. And because the police officers basically wrecked their car, too, at this point. Yeah. It's real Grand Theft Auto about this whole situation. <laughs> Welcome to Jersey. Grand Theft Auto Jersey. <laughs> oh, God. I would not play that game. <laughs> They're just swerving around cows the whole For, time. <laughs> 46 square miles. Enjoy it. <laughs> so they ended up giving chase this guy on foot, tackling him. Mm-hmm. And basically at that point i mean he he put up a fight but they're both like this guy smell musty to you <laughs> i knew i'd make you laugh at one fucking thing in the story this guy smell musty to you so they got him back to the police station and they're already kind of like uh, he he does smell real bad i don't know maybe this is our guy and so whenever they got him back and could really see him in the light they could real they kind of really started to appreciate how fucking ridiculous this guy looked. Yeah. So he was wearing an old raincoat that smelled musty, like we talked about. Uh-huh. The raincoat had one-inch nails sticking out of both shoulders and the lapels of the coat, and what? also uh, cloth bands around both wrists that had one-inch nails on them. Yep. So I remember reading ex- about this. So that explains the scratches that were yeah. all parallel and everything. And he was wearing trousers tucked into his socks, carpet slippers, which doesn't seem like rapist footwear, but what do I know? <laughs> You can kick him off if he has to run away. Yes. And so then he emptied the pockets of the coat, and he had a flashlight with black tape covering it just so there was a really narrow beam of Mm -hmm. light, Mm. and two lengths of sash cord, a a wool cap, like what this guy's been said to wear several times, empty cigarette packs, uh, rolls of adhesive tape, and a black wig with stiff spiky hair. A black wig. Yep. Yep. So that was one of the last, that was the 1966 one where mm-hmm. that even came up the first time. So at that point they were like, no, nah, we're pretty sure, but let's check his pockets <laughs> one more time. <laughs> Fucking homemade mask. What? Yeah. So his name was uh, Edward John Lewis Pesnell and he was from Jersey. Like he was born and raised there. Yeah. And he was from an affluent family. He was 46 years old. He was a building contractor that everybody knew. Yeah. Like, everybody knew this He dude. didn't actually have an Irish accent, did he? Getting there. Okay, sorry. No, you're <laughs> fine. He was married, had a daughter, two stepchildren. The only criminal record he had was when he served a month for... Well, it was remember the Germans occupied the island during the Second mm-hmm. World War for stealing food to distribute to starving families. Oh. Yeah. Fuck this guy. His, his criminal record was an act of charity. Mm. What does that tell you about people? So his wife, whose name was Joan, had run a foster home for children called uh, La Preference. I mm-hmm. guess that's how you'd say that. 
and met him whenever he helped out as a handyman there. And all the kids called him Uncle Ted, who always had sweets and gifts for them. I'm sure he did. So uh, he had married Joan in 1959, but they didn't get along. They ended up basically living, they say, as man and wife in name alone. Oh. Yeah. And so whenever they separated, he didn't move out of the house. He's built an annex onto the house. (laughs) Because that's a big fuck you at that point. Yeah. And he basically just had like an office and a sitting room. That was where he lived. That's so weird. That's what I'm going to do to Tyler. (laughs) Right. So everybody thought that he was a pretty nice guy. He was good with kids. And he... The the only thing weird about him was he kept pretty irregular hours. He would go out fishing late at night. And sexually, his wife considered him to be normal, if anything, to have a low sex drive. Oh. So, he, but at one point, he did have at least one mistress, which they... Is it... You know, that's not a mistress once you're separated and living in two different halves of the same house, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you think his sex drive was low because his wife wouldn't let her let him put a rope around her neck? I... Yes. I'm going to go with Yes. <laughs> My professional opinion, that is it. 100%, yes. That was the big problem here. Cool. So whenever he was questioned about the weird shit that he was wearing on the night that he was arrested, he gave some really weird answers. He said he was on his way to an orgy and had borrowed the car to get there to avoid anyone seeing him and identifying him on the way there. Oh. What? Yeah. Because he's a respected businessman around town and he can't be seen driving to an orgy wearing his weird studded coat thing. Who the fuck wears a studded coat to an orgy? (laughs) assholes i assume (laughs) and then the the nails on the clothing he said were as a defense against anyone using martial arts to attack him what (laughs) that is oddly specific i know right Uh, he never said a word about the mask and the wig okay but there were there were adhesive tape marks on his face where obviously he'd been wearing this mask because there were adhesive tape marks on the mask in the same spots Uh that kind of lined up so he'd been out that night yeah he'd been out on the planning to do some shit that night Mm. So, whenever he was locked up for the night, the police set out and searched his home because they were pretty sure this is their guy. Yeah. There's no, there's no fucking way there's two of these guys. Yeah. And what they found there in his bedroom chambers thing, his annex that he had built, mm-hmm. was a secret room that it smelled musty. musty. Yeah. Hmm. That was the first thing that they kind of noticed. And inside the room were several items of old clothing and then uh, handmade wigs and hats and false eyebrows. There was a camera hanging on one of, on a hook in there, and then there were several photographs of various houses. There was nothing like no no weird kitty porn like you might expect or whatever, no mm-hmm. pictures of victims, just their houses. And several items of black magic paraphernalia. There was a homemade altar in there, and then a library about occult and black magic rituals. What the fuck? And so they started kind of thinking about these pictures and what they basically came to the conclusion of when they kind of lined up where these houses were was mm-hmm. that he would take pictures of these houses in advance of actually doing it by sometimes by years. Oh, God. Because there, there would be pictures that, you know, had a date written on them or whatever of like 1964 and the attack happened in 66 at that house. Yeah. So he planned all this for years. Damn. For, his, for the right victims or whatever. Fuck. So it's weird to me that he had no type, but yet he was planning that far ahead. Maybe he just liked specific kinds of houses. He was a handyman, after all. <laughs> Ooh, right. He was, maybe that was it. It wasn't he, the kid or the the person in general. It was the house. Right. Like, whoever yeah. lives in that house. Yeah, he's a closeted architect, obviously. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem here. I mean, would I call him an architect? No. House diddler? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> well, he could have just stuck with fucking the houses and left the kids alone. That would be <laughs> That would be great. What's he supposed to do? Stick it in a drain pipe? Yes. Or like one of those, uh, like the dryer vents. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how big a boy he is. I have no idea. That's true. So he was eventually charged on 13 counts of rape, indecent assault, and sodomy against six victims, which is not many out of all these. Yeah. No, but statute of limitation. Well, that's also true. So his trial was in November of 1971, and that was about the time where all the black magic stuff came out, uh-huh. where he was really into that, and also really into... And I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Gilderay? Is that right? I don't know. Okay, so Gilderay was a celebrated kitty diddler uh, in like 16th, 17th century France. Uh Uh-huh. Celebrated? Well, he was was nobility. And he really liked fucking boys. And he was 
famous and rich and powerful enough that no one ever really did anything about that. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a whole story there. I mean, he's he's a a notable dickhead. So Pasnell claimed that he was a distant descendant of Gilderay. Why wouldn't he just say he was Gilderay incarnate, reincarnated? Well, apparently this is a genetic thing. It's not a reincarnation thing. Oh, okay. The, the kitty diddling passes through generations, obviously. It's like the Highlander, but different. So they think that some of these crimes are a way to kind of emulate his hero, uh-huh. so to speak. And because they stopped short of murder, that would be the only thing that Gilderay did that he but didn't. he didn't start with kids. He didn't. And that's where I'm still unclear as to how all this panned out in his head, I guess. So he never really explained anything past that as to why he did any of this. Mm-hmm. There was no mm-hmm. no rhyme or reason aside from I really like Gilderay. What the fuck? Yeah. And he would also give these like really weird babbling answers that just kind of talked about curses and covens and black magic involvement or just wouldn't answer questions. What the sh- Basically okay. his two speeds. Yeah. <laughs> Rambling or... Well, and and they weren't in, in any way willing to give him an insanity defense because it was very obvious how much he planned all of this. Yeah, I mean there was no you Super. didn't you didn't plan this, and but that's where it got really weird was because they started kind of thinking about this and they're like, well, wasn't our guy Irish? Well, no, he just did a fucking accent. Yeah, whenever he was raping people. Mm-hmm. Also, you remember the cigarette packs and the lighter that he talked about all the time? Uh huh. Yeah, he wasn't a smoker. He would do this shit to throw him off the trail. What the fuck? Yeah, that was that was who this guy was. He would he would do all these weird little red herrings to make sure that they never caught him. And that's probably why he was able to get away with this for ten years. Yeah. He that's, probably just liked the thrill of the chase kind of thing. Like, catch me, you know. Catch me if you can. Yeah, catch me if you can. But, right. bitch, you won't. <laughs> but, bitch, you won't. <laughs> I thought for a second she said, bet you won't. And I was like, Jennifer, that sounds really. Bitch, nope, she said bitch. <laughs> right. So the nails on his coat and his his, uh, his cuffs were basically there in case somebody like tried to grab him and pull him off of somebody so that uh-huh. they would end up stabbing themselves. Oh. So that the was... fuck this guy? Yeah, that's why there was no insanity defense, because look at him plan. Yeah. Like, he had everything basically planned out to the T. To the yeah. And it gets even worse because at the time, whenever they had been doing all the, the investigation of this, mm-hmm. they had actually, like, asked literally every man in Jersey to provide their fingerprints. He was one of 13 on the island that refused to give fingerprints during the search, which was the right of any resident at the time. So why you don't go back to those 13 and go, hey, maybe it's one of these guys? guys. Yeah. (sighs) What the fuck? The fuck? Scotland Yard. So anyway, during his trial, it took only 38 minutes for a guilty verdict to be reached. Yes. That seems a little bit long, but whatever you want to go with, I guess. They were trying to make it look like they were really thinking about it. Right. The saddest part about this is that he got 30 years. That's it? That's it. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, nope. So, he was sent to Winchester Prison to begin his sentence. He appealed uh, in September of 72, but his appeal was unsuccessful. Excellent. Because that was a year afterwards. Mm Mm-hmm. Terrible idea. And he ended up going back to prison to serve out his sentence. He was actually released in 1991 after being a model prisoner. And this kind of harkens back to Mary Vincent again because they, yeah. took, it, they took him back to Jersey. They took him back to the fucking what? island. What? Yeah, they took him back to the island. and uh, that Did was people a, riot and lose their oh, fucking minds? Oh, yeah. They were Good. not happy about that. So he ended up basically getting hounded out of there, and he was moved to the Isle of Wight, where he died of a heart attack in 1994. So he got out of prison for three years. Three years, yeah. Well, at least he didn't, you know, unlike old Larry Singleton, go back to his life of raping and murdering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd, it'd be pretty hard on an island like that though yeah i mean if he had stayed where he was that's true i don't think it would have been possible because they would have been like hey somebody else got raped guess who (laughs) it smelled a little musty up in this joint (laughs) right oh good it smells like it smells like musty ass raincoat again (laughs) i'm gonna take a shot in the fucking dark on this one (laughs) so again we kind of talked about the fact that there were there were allegations of child abuse at the at the foster home and everything Uh else None of that was ever really substantiated, and obviously he was dead by the time most of these people even came out about it. Yeah. So, who who really knows? 
but there's a good chance that he committed a lot more crimes than he was actually charged with. I can see that. obviously he was only charged with six, and, well, I talked about rape for four pages. Yeah. So I'm going to go with more than six. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Well, and think about, like, the little boy that he brought back home who waited till the next morning to tell his parents because the guy's like, I'll fucking kill your family. Like, he still told his family eventually. How many kids did he do that to that they just didn't tell? Well, and I think I think the the way I kind of read that was basically you can't tell your parents until morning, oh. or else somebody will kill them. Hmm. So it was kind of a he he was he was playing with people in yeah. that regard. It was like no, I definitely want you to tell them. I just want to be really far away by then. Yeah, I want to be home and in bed by then. Bye. Right back in my back in my futon bed, as far away from my estranged wife or whatever. As far away from my estranged wife as possible. Right. So. The, those are the only ones that I mean. The stuff that we we talked about here are all that we know about. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he wasn't one that offered information. Yeah, he wasn't like a lot of the serial killers out there that start claiming trophies that they didn't even do. Yeah, you know? start bragging. Right. If if people brought this up to him, he was just like, Meh. yeah, sure, whatever that one. You know, because it was really obvious who it was. It was the guy who grabs him with ropes and drags him out of their windows. Yeah, you know, that's not a multi people on one island situation i don't think no anyway so that is the ridiculously depressing story of the beast of jersey i I would really like to post a picture of this fucking costume when we do this episode that's fine because it is goddamn terrifying yes we can definitely do that and i'm gonna go ahead and say i think my mary vincent story was uh funnier it was definitely funnier (laughs) god shuppy so i have a question for you okay um so I'm assuming back then they didn't have such things as, like, rape kits and things like that, DNA testing at all? No, like, not really. When did that become a thing? Uh, the 80s, I think. Late 80s. 70s and 80s, I, mean, I it think. Mm-hmm. like it, yeah. And, and you but, know, that had, that had occurred to me as well whenever I was thinking about this. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't know what the situation with DNA was at that point. I assume it was pretty weak. Yeah. So the they could... And I only know this because I've been reading that Golden State Killer book. Like, yeah. there's a certain level that they could ex- of people that they could exclude because you know that you're not type A, you're not oh, type okay, B, yeah. you're not type. But I don't know 100% sure when that started. And that was definitely blood. Mm-hmm. So as far as rape kits go, they they would still take DNA samples, but it was a matter of, like, whether or not they had the technology to do it, like, with the Golden State Killer thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, I mean, because some of that was taken, wasn't it taken off of, like, the bed of a girl that he didn't even kill? Like, he cut himself with his own knife. Right. And it was on yeah. her bed or on, like, her ear or something. They swabbed it. And then, I mean, it's been sitting there since the mm-hmm. 70s. Right. So. Well, and that's that's the thing with, with this case, is that had there been DNA evidence available or did, the ability to use DNA evidence for anything, mm-hmm. this couldn't have gone on this long. No. For sure No not. fucking yeah. way. Especially when you're on an island with 100,000 people, maybe half of which are males. Mm -hmm. I thought you said it was like 30,000 people. No. 30,000 people were interviewed at one point. Like like 30,000 people were pulled in and personally interviewed at one point. I was like, Jesus. But I assume those 30,000 people were all dudes, which leaves 20,000 people they didn't talk to. What if it was a girl with a dildo that smelled musty? The dildo smelled musty. All of it, the whole thing, <laughs> the, the whole thing, the whole dildo. Um, I mean, sure, maybe, but at the same time, probably I, not. A woman wouldn't do this. I, well, no, absolutely not. I wouldn't. Well, yeah. I'm going to assume not, but at the same time, there are fucked up people on both sides yes. of the genders. Let's not. Valid. Uh, I mean, that's true, but but it obviously, in this higher time volume it wasn't. with males. Oh yeah. But oh, absolutely. It does happen. Because... No, we're we're the fucking worst. But, but it are the worst. It does make me a little bit. I don't know, more at ease that that stuff probably would never happen now because of the technology we have and the resources, like that stuff wouldn't happen. I would think like... Well, it wouldn't go on for a decade. It wouldn't go on for as long. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't have, you know, one person doing it to so many people. Sure. But but to have... Unless they just never reported it, which, I mean, sometimes happens too. But but to just have a description like they did to the guy and... To, to have a description of him, to have uh, the only thing that led him away from him was again those red herrings, the cigarette packs and the Irish, Irish accent, accent and the mm-hmm. the weird shit that he did, and the black there. spiky hair, really like. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't see his face. I mean, and the one the closest thing they ever had to somebody that could have positive, positively ID'd this guy was the one that he picked up saying he was a doctor on the way to get his wife, mm-hmm. and then put back in the car 
and probably just have like a scarf covering his face. Mm. Yeah. So that's probably oh, where fuck. the where they figured out he had a mustache or whatever was that one. It's like, well, all I can see was his top lip, but let me oh. tell you about yeah. that. He tickled mustache. me with his lot. Yeah. Lip. Ew, gross. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Anyway, mm. let's see a picture of this guy, shall we? Okay. I want to see this. Well, I'm, I'm going to show you the costume first. Okay. Um, and then I'll show you a picture of Edward Posnell. Oh my god! Pass it. <laughs> What the fuck is that mask? It, it was homemade. He made several different masks, God apparently. Oh, my God. He looks like a, a punk rocker with those bracelets. What right. What the fuck? Yeah. Right. Okay. But again, But again, imagine that coming at you in the dark. And yeah, no. fucking terrifying. That's so horrible. Ugh. His real face isn't a whole lot better. Oh, no. I'm not excited to see this. Sorry, listeners at home. We'll we'll have something for you to look at as well. Yeah. Point of reference coming up at you. I like that you just tapping it make it work better. No, it it rotates the picture. I was hoping to make it bigger. Oh, it didn't really. Anyway, so this is him next to his ridiculous mask thing. Oh my. He's a derpy gentleman, isn't he? He is quite derpy. Look at that mustache. He looks like freaking. John Waters. Yeah, if we couldn't identify him off that mustache alone, I don't know how the hell I identify this guy, apparently. Ugh. Oh, the mask, though. The mask. It's real next bad. Next to that. Yeah. <laughs> that mask is fucking terrifying. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's like a weeping angel. I don't like it. It's like, it, at all. It's like an early rendering of what they wanted the crow to look like. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> I like the Google thing, and it says, The Beast of Jersey creepy <laughs> yeah thanks for it no- is thanks good for no- job google yeah thanks for noticing google <laughs> tagged that one right yes. but anyway so that's the uh story of the beast of jersey well why it we, was disturbing why did we end on that an, uh, fine. all right well shelby thank you for that joyous uplifting tale i'm glad they <laughs> caught that motherfucker you know honestly it's my pleasure i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that you heard today, definitely uh, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. Email us if you're having nightmares from the stuff that Shelby tells you at queencitycreeps at gmail.com. I'm going to go throw up about something else now. (laughs) And we'll hopefully uh, talk to you soon. Bye. (laughs) Bye.